Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are two wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. September 13th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Good morning to you, and welcome to a new week. Not a short week, which is unfortunate, but uh, we got more football waiting for us on the end of it, and a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about today, a lot to get to this week. So we'll be all right. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Kentucky remains undefeated does just what they need to do to get the win over Missouri. And while there is much to break down, Nick Roush, at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win is a win. An SEC win is an SEC win. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happy. I A lot to nitpick if we want to nitpick. I'm sure we will to some degree. But I, overall, I'm very happy with a SECW to start conference play. Yeah, uh, not only a W, but they, they cover too. They oh, cover yeah. Cats. Uh, but more importantly, it was the first NFL Sunday, and as much as people are here to hear our takes on the Kentucky win, TJ, I, I legitimately think there are just as many people waiting on bated breath to hear how your NFL Sunday went. I had a great Sunday. Had my diaper party, saw a lot of friends. Green Bay got smoked, but game one, I'm not in the slightest bit concerned. Uh, not not concerned? Not worried at all? No, I mean, they played poorly uh, they played really bad turned the ball over and and the other in new orleans territory which you know just killed drives obviously uh, i'm i'm not concerned in the slightest i i wouldn't have cared if they i would have cared probably more if they had lost by seven it was just a complete stinker of a game they didn't look all that great in the preseason even the starters and the limited run that they got uh, and they're just they're they're not they're not right they're not there it's almost like they dealt with uh this weird hiccup throughout the off season and, and whatnot, but they didn't not, score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, that's that three points. That means they didn't score a touchdown. And that does, that uh-huh. doesn't concern you. No, it's game one. Why would I be concerned? Cause it's a paltry saints team. So, uh, although, although after that game, I'll admit guys, after that game, I was like, maybe I need to change my tune on Jameis Winston. I mean, the saints have been the best team in the South until Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay for about a decade, and they're still a solid team. No, you shouldn't get beaten that badly, but I think the score is more indicative to it just being a complete 110% stinker. It happens. I'm not – if anybody's looking for any hot takes, you've you've come to the wrong place, at least Terry, for NFL. no, no. NFL. You cannot – this is the Justin Kalenism of our show where we just act like things don't bother us that should you should be bothered right now that was well, totally not bothered. performance pathetic performance oh losing about 35 points is not good brush i had no yes. idea tell me it's more not about good it. okay. it's bad yeah very bad and you should be ashamed of yourself it's a terrible performance came out laid a complete egg but they have seven 16 more games how, how many ever games they're playing in the nfl nowadays Ooh, man so they'll not. be They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, not what you wanted to see, obviously. And took the, I didn't get to see Green Bay was basically done by the time they switched over. That other game ended. 
uh, Green Bay was down three nothing. So that that's all the Saints really needed to at least force overtime. So um, <laughs> yeah, it took the wind out of the sails for a game I was excited about, but still, you know, you had fantasy, and I'm I was riding high from the Cats. I would much rather trade a Kentucky win for a Green Bay win. Uh, any and every day. So happy with how my weekend went overall. Not going to let the haters and losers, of which there are many, try to get me down because the pack attack were just Bad. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely yeah. non-existent in game one. So all across the board, the whole offense for the most part. So yeah, uh, I w- I would only like the um, the stoic Aaron Rodgers is it, that's that's a cool look when you're winning when you're throwing interceptions is bad. I know one of them was basically an arm punt, so you can't you know get too too beat up about it. But yeah, that 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 just everything about that game looked off. I think it was just because it was a Saints home game and it was sunny out. It just something felt weird about it. Yeah, it, felt it, weird. It, it was weird. And there's I didn't really buy into like Roger stinks in Florida, but boy, he'd certainly stinked yesterday. So maybe uh, there, I guess there is the numbers don't lie yeah. in that regard. And if anything, the fact that it was a blowout and not like one that Green Bay was down 14 and like, OK, maybe if they get a score and stop, they'll get a chance. No, it was pretty much over. The writing was on the wall. Uh, really at halftime, all things considered. But I was able to focus in on the Chiefs-Brown game, which was a much more entertaining and fun game to watch and uh, felt a lot like the playoff game last year. The uh, the one thing that did bum me out about that game, there was two things. I really think that there's a conspiracy theory amongst NFL officials to prevent Kentucky Wildcats from doing great things on the football field. Corey Peters had a scoop and score for a touchdown that – replay said his knee touched the ground give me a freaking break come on give him the defensive touchdown Kyle Murray's gonna get plenty they got one like two plays later they took that away from him the old man who's still getting it done out on the west coast and then Zadarius Smith I mean it was as textbook as a quarterback rush as you could get on the Green Bay interception that I believe was in the end zone too yeah that was was terrible it was just a good hit he hit him hard but, like, he didn't drive him to the ground. He hit him right in at, at the numbers. Absolutely horrendous call. Uh, I, I, that one that one was just hogwash to the third degree. Absolute malarkey in the, in the utmost. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's some referee conspiracy theory, but uh, I know you said that. And, Jess, that was a bummer on the scoop and score. Uh, and then the yeah, I, I, somewhere Clay Matthews was like, "Ah, Zadarius, I've been there, buddy. I have been there before. What what can you do?" And right. that that there are dangerous plays in football. That's not one of them. That's just a hey, quarterbacks get paid a ton of money. We're going to do everything we can in our power to yeah. make sure that we're going to flag them and people have to be super tiptoey around them in the future. That was as clean as a football hit as it gets. But that's that's uh that's kind of the NFL nowadays, and mm-hmm. even to some degree college football, although. In college, they're not throwing a flag on that hit. Right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, well, and you never know with those flags. I, either way, too. The uh, I think every person here uh, will look at that Wandell Robinson hit and be like, wait, so what? what's what's targeting? <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 like, I, I guess I, people were saying in, in the replay there was one angle where it looked like it a little bit more than the others, but – I guess the people that thought that it was the right call thought that it got shoulder pad first and then helmet. But yeah, I don't see that. I, I, if you're still the, leading the, with your helmet and you still get the other person's well, helmet, 
So I think the reason why it wasn't is because it was like, I know that for a while they were like, you needed to check X amount of boxes for it to be targeting. But, and even though he didn't lead with the crown of his helmet, that's like an obvious one. I, th I thought helmet to helmet contact with a defenseless receiver would merit it. But like, they they even they they took a TV timeout to announce that it wasn't targeting, yes. and they announced it. You, I mean, you were there, Terry. Some people missed it because it happened so quickly. It was like, what are we, what are we doing up here? Missed that was what? the call. Yeah, like I had a friend text me, and he's like, "Why didn't they move the ball?" He was in the stands, and he didn't hear them over the intercom because, like, they were doing other things in the stadium, like during the TV timeout. Oh well, it was a, it was a classic good reminder. The SEC 7:30 game, just how long college football games last. I say it every year. I'll say it probably six more times this season. Gotta gotta be quicker with just the ins and outs of getting the game moving along. TV timeouts too frequent, too long. Uh, mm -hmm. That's nothing again, nothing new or unique to Saturday night. But for those for those late night primetime games, it just they they seem like they don't they they move much slower than some of those noon ones but yeah. uh, and it so, also got kicked off like you you some people got the reminder that oh sec network special doesn't start at 7 30 it's like 7 41 mm -hmm. the texas arkansas seven o'clock kickoff ended when kentucky uh and i i just missouri started the fourth quarter like <laughs> the game was already over and the fourth quarter was just beginning in lexington but uh made for a late night i it took me a while to kick off that rust here very been a long time since I did the oh let's get home at 3 a.m. on a Saturday, uh, so that that was that. Luckily, the uh, baby decided to take a nap with me Saturday or Sunday morning, so got some extra Z's. But you know what? It was worth it to watch the cats win a game that was much closer than it should have been, uh, all because of one turnover. Kentucky was ready to put their foot on the gas. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better start, Terry. In all the years we've watched the cats at Kroger field. You expect a slow start more than you expect a fast start. Kentucky put their foot on the gas and they didn't take their foot off of it until there was about a minute and 50 seconds left until right before half Kentucky had outgained them like 300 yards to 120. was ready to take a 28 to seven lead with a fourth. Excuse, no, that would have been his third touchdown in the first half with Chris Rodriguez. And, uh, let the ball get a little loose. Helmet got on it right at the two-yard line. Instead of a soul-crushing 12-play, six-and-a-half-minute drive to go up 28-7 to right before half, Missouri makes it a one-score game, and Kentucky scratching and clawing the rest of the way out to, to, to get that win at Kroger Field. Yeah, people are sick of hearing this, and I, I don't particularly care, but very old Kentucky football field going into the half on Saturday where like people in the stands were all smiles. It was really everything we had talked about all last week and uh, Saturday when, when you pop by the tailgate, which is actually outside gate four, not three. I was thinking of my section. Uh, so that, that one's, that one's on me. Um, <laughs> it's still, still getting used to uh, the, the permanent season ticket life. And uh, even, even in the Kong, it just, uh, it was good to see a full Kroger field, even more so than, than the game, the Louisiana Monroe game the week before, because that was, you know, probably about 70 attendance, 70% 70 attendance when this was closer to like 98, 95. I'm very yeah. impressed with the crowd. I know there are some of the upper areas, but Missouri sent a lot of tickets back. Part yeah. of that's on Missouri. 
And then you throw in a little bit of a pass for the fact that it is a pandemic and some people have to stay away. And then you throw in a pass for the fact Mitch Barnhart doesn't want to give people beer either. So overall, great crowd. It was super, super loud. Mm -hmm. But there's no denying that it went from like a jovial people dancing in the stands. We're about to go up 28 to 7 on this team. It's going to be a laugher in the second half. What a real treat to you blinked and like, wait a minute, what? It's a one possession game and they get the yep. ball to start the second half. This is, uh, it felt like Kentucky was losing. You, you, you really, in a blink of an eye, and a Chris Rodriguez fumble, which you cannot do in that situation, he is the best running back in the SEC. He is dominant. The numbers are backing him up very early on this season. Kentucky doesn't win the game without him. But you can't do that, Chris Rodriguez. You're right, good, right. You're good to do that. You're putting it, it's it's it felt like that was closing time. You're putting that bad boy away, and you gave them hope. Uh, the rest of the game really was kind of on Chris Rodriguez, and thank goodness he carried the load for Kentucky in a lot of big ways. But that partially it was his fault that it even got to that spot that spot to begin with, and it wasn't Chris Rodriguez's fault either that the defense decided from that point forward, really the remainder of the game not to get pressure or a, a push on Missouri's offensive line and allowed Basilek to just have basically all day to throw it. But that was equally as disappointing how quickly Missouri just came right down and scored before the half, too, because it was still 21-7 to at that point. It, it didn't have to be a one-possession game. Kentucky could have gone to the half up 14. You're not happy about the turnover going in the end zone, but it didn't really come back to bite you. Nope, Roush, it came back to bite the defense, and – if, if we do want to be nitpicky, it wasn't the defense's best day. Still, at the end of the no, day, made the no. plays they had to do to close things out. Kept Missouri under 30 points, which anytime you can hold an SEC opponent under 30 points, I think you should feel decent about your chances to be able to at least be competitive, if not win the game. So, overall, they, they stepped up when they had to, but pretty frustrating at times there, especially in the second half. For what it's worth, the way that helmet hit the ball, there's not a whole lot of running backs, if any, in the country that would have held on to that. Well, I mean, the, the defender came in in the perfect spot. His the crown of his helmet hit the ball. There's that's a that's a hard ball to hold on to. And I think what they would what folks would argue is that you're at the two, get a little bit lower with that pad level. And if he takes it down, he takes it down. Stoop said after the game, I think he had some other things on his mind when that was happening. AKA, here, let's go get some more glory in the end zone. They, they, they didn't need to get in on that play. I think it was like a second down, and instead of a 12-yard touchdown run, he would have been stopped two yards short, and they would have punched it in on the next play. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's there's some things to that, and I, I think that uh, my, my, it, this the Chris Rodriguez really is the perfect Rorschach test for Kentucky fans, whether you are just one of those losers who likes to hate everything always in life. Those people are only focusing on the fumble, they are still upset that how can you put the ball in the turf three times in the first two games? And I mean, that's a good point. He also had 200 rushing yards. He caught a touchdown pass, had four total tied to school record. Pretty awesome. So, uh, and, and I think what's even more, um, as much fun as that blowout would have been TJ, uh, it, there were shades of old Kentucky football, but the new Kentucky football is still being resilient enough to win, to have his team rally around him, and to not completely abandon him and go back to him and really help kind of milk the game away there at the end. They went to the ground. They, they played well on that final drive. Uh, field goal ends up getting blocked there. I thought they could have just, you know, th that's one of those that, like, 
do you just kick the field goal and you guarantee the two scores or do you, do you uh, in my mind, it's like, a, all right, go r- run the rock, get the win. Like it's a damned if you do damned, if you don't situation, uh, I, I, I certainly can't blame him for taking the field goal there, even though the block did go horribly wrong, but Kentucky did rally. They made some big plays when they needed to. Jacquez Jones had an incredible interception that really stopped the bleeding in that first drive of the second half and and gave you a little bit of breathing room. And then when Kentucky needed stops late, their their blitzes were not getting home, but they finally got home on a big third down, third and one, uh, where they, they called the corner blitz, got a tackle for a loss. And then J.J. Weaver, they they, they called the blitz that he gets the third down sack that sets up the, the game-winning stop. So Kentucky, although it wasn't always the prettiest, they, they were incredibly resilient, and that's what you need to be when you're not at your best. Kentucky was not at the, its best on Saturday night, and yet they still found a way to win by a touchdown against a, a quality Missouri football team. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a solid team, and, and, and exactly. Kentucky didn't play their best. Still, you're on this side talking about that from a winning standpoint. Uh, far too often, Roush, during our, our three decades of Kentucky football fandom, we have – felt like we have played well and come away with losses. So uh, I'm okay feeling like you didn't play all that great and coming away with wins, especially against SEC teams. Feels pretty darn good. Really happy with the way the offense responded. Like I said, it's just in the stadium, it kind of felt like Kentucky was losing with the way things unfolded in the second half or in, at the end of the first half into the second quarter. It just The, the mood was kind of down and Kentucky's offense kept kept fans engaged and excited and every time they seemed to at least need a, a, a few first downs even if it wasn't even if it didn't end in scores uh, you you let the defense have a little bit of rest it, it it seemed like the offense is just totally in sync right now and playing with a lot of confidence which is huge because part of it was well will levis it's his first season starting in the sec how's how's he going to respond he didn't put up the the numbers that he did in game one, but made a lot of really important throws. We got to see him run a little bit more. That was fun. Uh, the, the, and that's why, ultimately, Roush, I also would have gone for it and not kicked the field goal. Because the worst-case scenario for the field goal is that, like getting it blocked and having it return far, potentially for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't happen if you go for it. And that's you know revisionist hist- history. I understand it. It's a... Damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If you kick the field goal and it goes in, well, then it's a no-brainer to make this a two-possession game. Right. And then you can exhale and not have to sweat things out. I, that would that would be great in a perfect world. But I am of the belief in college football, especially with Kentucky's offensive line and the way this program has been built the last few years, if you need a yard and you control your destiny with that one yard, yeah. then, damn it, you go out there and you take that one yard. I, I trust football. them a little bit more than the than Matt Ruffalo. Sorry, spicy Italian meat. Yeah, and I don't think that, like, it, it was a very uh, contentious point in our section. You know, everybody had a different opinion in the section, and it was fun hearing the difference of opinions. And, I again, I understand the idea of kicking a field goal. If you have Austin McGinnis and you haven't had a field goal touched and you feel great about your snapper, by the way, UK snaps on field goals are high almost every time. The Ooh, holder is having okay. to do a lot of work to get that bad boy down, and it's just that's why I wouldn't. Have, that's why I would not have kicked the field goal there. I think that was a, a mistake uh, uh, to, to kind of get on Stoops a little bit more. I he his defense his the recipe for his success 
is just naturally having pass rushers that you don't even have to send in extra guys. They're going to get a push. It may not be a sack every time. It may not be a hurry every single time, but you're, you're having that happen frequently. And that's why Josh Allen was such a cheat code is because you didn't have to send anybody else, but he was going to get in the quarterback's face one way or another in a short matter of time. The, 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 front, the front three for UK, they weren't getting they, – they were just not getting the push needed. And I, I, if I were Stoops, I would have sent more people. You had more success doing that later. Of course, you know, he likes to force quarterbacks into tight throws. Just a ball gets tipped and you've got three UK defenders in their zone waiting for it to be picked off. I would have liked to see more pressure. Again, I'm sure everybody would probably say that in hindsight looking back. Uh, but that that was a little disappointing. I didn't love Ooh, the field goal call, but I, I, I understand. I would, that's I would argue one. with you. I would say that's a point of contention, Terry. I think that Kentucky blitzed more against Missouri than they ever have. They just did – they. The blitzing was the bad. Like I, I think some of the calls. You think were, so? Yeah, because like there, there was so many times where the dudes are coming in, but there, there wasn't this sort of like that. They were cautiously blitzing. If uh, there wasn't the reckless abandonment that you like to see, and when Connor Basilak's getting out of his hand quickly, you just got to get in there a little bit faster to just uh, to force something. Because there, there was a few where it's like you're bringing the bringing the blitz, but the guy's kind of dancing around at the line of scrimmage, and it doesn't really do anything except just kind of put your secondary at odds. So I I think that I, that was kind of, I think, more of a problem than anything. And then what I didn't know at the time until after the game, and, and it made sense because you're like, oh, Katie McDaniel's in the game again, you know, uh, is the amount of injuries they had. Jordan Wright and Devontae Robinson both went out of the game, and I don't think they went back in. Stoop said they were a little bit hamstrung with some of the calls they could do at times. And that was the uh, the kind of – you had good moments from some of the guys that came in, but if their other guys were in, they're making those plays. So two of them happened on a drive that Missouri got the, within seven. And they were down in the red zone. You have a tip pass, and it goes right into Jalen Geiger's breadbasket. Dude can't haul it in. I mean, that inter- you you pick off that pass in the end zone. Yeah. That's your equalizing turnover. Game over. And you're like, okay, well, they can still stop him on third down. Drinkwitz c- calls a pretty great screen. Like it was a, it had some misdirection to it. Calls a screen. Katie McDaniel actually makes a really good play to be in position, but then he goes high on Tyler Beatty and wiggles free touchdown on like third and 15 and it's just like ah and and th- those are both guys like that if they if would take the injuries out of the equation that's Devonte robinson that's jordan Wright. you know so like that's that's where it's just like oh man you're right there you you've been doing just oh so so we just need you to make plays in critical situations and kentucky didn't come up with those big time plays on third down until they really really needed to at the end and better late than never, I suppose. But yeah, it was plays like that that I was just like, I've seen this. I've seen this game before. Uh, one where we are feeling good early on, or things look promising early on, and then just uh, every play that Missouri had to make, they freaking made. And like, there are so many different situations where Kentucky get a stop here, and you're gonna you're gonna make things so much easier on yourself. Get a stop here, and you're gonna maybe cruise to this win. And Credit to Missouri. Sometimes you just have to take your ta- cap off to them. Basilek playing very hurt, or seemingly very hurt. Uh, dude was – he went out there. I don't know if it was you or Luckett, but last week you said that he's the type of quarterback that he's going to take what the defense gives him. He did that. Yeah. I, you know, 
had the one interception and and just was dinking and dunking Kentucky. But if it was there, he put the ball for the most part where it needed to be. Yeah, the dropped interception that was pretty frustrating. You drop that one, and then Jaquez Jones may. Well, I know this was before, but you drop that one, but Jones makes that insane catch on. It's like if you were going to drop one and not and catch another, you would have not thought that it had gone the way that it had gone. That was a <laughs> hell of an athletic play by Jones Man, to it really shag was. that one. Uh, NFL play there. And then I'm First always career really, interception too. Like <laughs> always really impressed with college football crazy. players. Obviously they 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 know the rules, but like, you know, he caught it, was had a jump, leap, stretch out for it, hit the ground. I just feel like naturally I'd be inclined to like get up and start running again, but they all know it's party time and celebration time after you hit the ground, you're down in college football. That was a hell of a play, but that's 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 why I'm not I feel like you could have a pessimistic take on this game for the re- for reasons that we've brought out. Like Kentucky had so many different chances to put it away, and I feel like if you're if you lost, then you have a totally different take on it. But Kentucky found a way to win. Things were going against them that game. Missouri was making some head scratching, jaw dropping plays, and Kentucky was still the team to come out victorious. And again, credit to the crowd; they were awesome, uh, really, really engaged and loud and. More blue-white chants than you normally get at a UK football game. Those yeah, were very those were good. Yeah. yeah, man, those blue-white chants through the TV were so freaking loud. Oh, were they? They came out so, loud. Oh my gosh, it was insane how loud they were. I'll rewatch the game today or tomorrow. I was curious how the how the crowd sounded on TV because so much of that just depends on like where they're putting microphones and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, it it was loud in person. I can confirm that it was uh, it was a great crowd. Good party at the Krog. <sighs> man. And, and it was one of those things, too. I'm glad we didn't spend too much time hemming and hawing over who was going to be there, who wasn't going to be there. Because like you said, it was a great crowd. Uh, maybe a, a few rows here and there. Missouri, was their crowd was disappointing. Uh, I saw quite a few at the bar and in the orange lot, but that like uh, didn't translate very well. Um, so th- they didn't bring the heat. But there was a lot of, uh, a lot of celebrities in town though you had uh ray lewis came in to watch his 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 boy rasan play chris oates came down got a standing ovation from the crowd that was awesome mm-hmm. um waved his palm on, got a big old smile on the big screen and then you had you know boss man fat and quentin bohanna they came back uh you had some former kentucky basketball players nick richards tyrese Ma- maxi uh, i think quickly was there too so yeah. there was there was a lot a lot of guys in there they brought in the uh all of the Olympic gold medalists, the national championship rifle team, you know, uh, I remember we used to criticize them quite a bit when they would like, all right, here's this teacher who won an award. Like they, it was, no, they were, they were bringing out the, the big guns on Saturday night. It was, it was great. It was absolutely great. It was credit to Kentucky. Good time. Credit to the fans that showed up. It was uh, loud. And then to Mark Stoops and their team, two and oh, to start the season, one and oh, an sec play in this, this like avenue of fun that we have presented ourselves remains intact. You're going to take care of business next week. You can get some guys some rest. That'll be good. Uh, noon game too. So, you know, we can get on with our Saturdays afterwards, not get home so late. And then you get that road game at South Carolina. And, and that, you know, we're ways away from talking about that one. But so far, so good when looking at Kentucky's schedule and kind of eyeballing what could – what could unfold and what's next and what's on the horizon. So it's a fun start to the fall for UK. We got to talk about 
other college football around the country mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yes, we do. We uh, a little bit maybe more NFL. Whatever you all want, text on into the show five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here Roll. on Big Edge Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. We'll be right back. Ready to take it to the next level, too? Do you want to watch me with a girl? What about those Brazilian twins we met at the ball game? I, I, was, I was, I was thinking more along the lines of, a, of, an, of an engagement, but that sounds terrific. That sounds, that sounds unbelievable. The Brazilian girls were very nice. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, and the girl caressed me down, uh, and that's that loving sound. And went, uh, Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Ed Sports Radio, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Genesis Diamond's biggest bridal jewelry showcase of the year is coming next weekend, September 24th, 25th, and 26th. You're going to see the newest styles from Decori to Viraggio. Enjoy special incentives and special financing. That's September 24th through the 26th. It's their biggest bridal jewelry showcase of the year. If you've been waiting and you've been thinking that it's time to take that next step, you're going to want to check out this bridal event or is it somewhere down the road? You know you're with the person you want to be with. You don't know exactly maybe when you're going to go, when you're ready for that next big commitment, but go check out what styles uh, your significant other may like. Again, September 24th, 25th, and 26th, their biggest bridal jewelry showcase of the year at Genesis Diamonds on Shelbyville Road. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen back. Uh, the Cats got the win, so I was made in the shade for the rest of the weekend, especially on Saturday night. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we had some surprising college football scores elsewhere. Oh, Roush. man. The <sighs> Florida State, man, that was hilarious. Laugh out loud. Just not, not even – like I, I know that Kentucky fans might want to compare Jacksonville State's sixty-yard prayer to um, Devery Henderson and LSU and the Bluegrass Miracle, but at least like, I mean, Kentucky was in prevent and they were running a hail mary at LSU. It was just poorly executed. But Florida State was in like a cover two on fourth and ten with seven seconds left. What are you doing? Back your guys up. And, and, like, the funniest part is after he caught it, he just, like, juked a few times, went in. And then afterwards, I mean, the if you listen to the Florida State call, you can hear a dude throw his headset. Um, I mean, Jacksonville State, they, they like, Chief Osceola'd it and, like, stabbed their flag at midfield. I mean, it was the highest form of comedy you can get from college football. Yeah, that, that was uh... – throwing the headset wouldn't have been enough. That's a horrible loss for Florida State. You were feeling okay about the loss to Notre Dame. Like, you fought back. It was a good good moment for Florida State football, even in a loss. Like, hey, we're going to be competitive on the national scale. Look at us. We're back. Then you come back the next week. You play horribly to begin with, but it looks like you're going to get out of there with a win. Then you're playing cover two. You get beat. Not only is there a catch, poor quarterback couldn't even throw it to the end zone. Still a bomb of a throw. Yeah. But not only do you not stop the catch, 
They catch it. Then he jukes two guys, still gets in the end zone. That's bad enough as is. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Norvell asked after the game, like, that looked like a cover two. What was the deal with that? His explanation, if you're a Florida State fan, that may be like this may hurt even worse than the play itself, but uh, said that there was six seconds left and they had a timeout and a field goal extended the game so they couldn't. They couldn't go to it. It wasn't time to go to prevent yet. There were six seconds left. They had like seventy yards to go, sixty yards to go. They would have had to throw the ball forty yards just to realistically get in a comfortable field goal range. I mean, you know, I guess you could take a shot at it at twenty-five yards or thirty yards, but I can't imagine the Jacksonville State kicker is going to bang that bad boy through from that far out. Just the worst explanation of all time. Um, Six seconds, who cares? That's not enough time to do anything. So, yeah, like you, maybe they get a first down, but they're not not a timeout to kick a field goal. Like there's no, no this so dumb. So dumb. I, it's much worse than Scott Frost. Like, well, when they lined up different, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. Much worse than that. Yeah, it is. And I'm a big fan of like on Hell Mary's go get after the quarterback. Don't give them enough time to like yeah. let well, the wide receivers get down the field. And, and that was kind of also his rationale was we wanted to get after the Q. You didn't get after him though. Well, like, and, it, and that goes back to the play that Kentucky ran on fourth and 15 against Missouri. You had some worries like, all right, so what are they, you know, uh, what are they, what are they going to do here? You've got this big third and long. And so many times before we'd seen Kentucky give up conversions in that game, Missouri, once again, Eli Drinkwitz is great at converting against on third down against Kentucky. And on fourth down, they put Trevin Wallace in as a spy. And he's lined up about, I don't know, four yards off the ball. And when Basilak is, after a few seconds, Wallace is just like, all right, I'm getting after his ass. He forces him to let the ball out of his hands before he wants to. Ball gets tipped, game over. So yeah. that that was great. Like you want to talk about a great dude to have just go play quarterback spy. Trevin Wallace is that guy. Like that, I, I like that. I re- I really like that from Kentucky. Yeah, defense. Uh, again, like you were fresh. I was really frustrated at times. You had a different vantage point than I did. So maybe maybe it wasn't a Stoops thing. Maybe it just wasn't wasn't working. Sending the guys at the right spot. But when they needed to make big plays at the very end. They did. There was a lot mm-hmm. of chances maybe to make it not as interesting and uh, and to let us all exhale a little bit sooner. They didn't do that. But when push came to shove, they came they came down with the big plays to get the Cats the win. And uh, once Missouri tied it up, again, very impressed with UK's offense getting out there and just taking care of business, doing what they needed to do. There was a lot of reason to let the momentum or lack thereof uh, kind of shift to Missouri and you get down on yourself or have a quick three and out and uh, the, the offense kept trucking, led by Will Levis, and obviously Rodriguez was. I didn't know Kentucky in the game. I, I mean, I, I I realized it now, but in the game, I didn't realize Kentucky had ran at 18 straight plays yeah. at one point in the game. Yeah, that was the drive right before half, and they weren't all designed. Um, you know, sometimes Will Levis just took off, and that was something that we. I think anticipated a little bit, you know, after the game, he's like, they were going to play man. And sometimes I'm just going to be free. Uh, he lowered his shoulder on that one third down run. That was awesome. And to go back to that fourth down, Terry, the fourth and one where Kentucky kicked the field goal shouldn't have been that because the referee 
had the worst spot in American football history. Wyndale Robinson had an extra yard. It wasn't even close. They moved him back an entire yard on that jet sweep. That was the yard for the first down. Yeah, and I thought they gave Levis a crap spot on the next play too. They did uh, both those. I agree with they the were fact terrible. that they didn't even, like look at them um, was frustrating. But neither here nor there. I didn't get to see or follow really any of the U of L game. But I, oh, the biggest ta- oh. biggest takeaway from Papa Murphy's not no longer Papa John's Cardinal Stadium yep. was it was a complete and total disaster. Yep, it, you couldn't get your Papa Murphy's. They were like, it, it was this was Papa John's revenge on Papa Murphy's because apparently uh in addition to the product on the field being really bad uh there was uh, a decent amount of criticism you had a true freshman have an 80 yard touchdown drop the ball he did the i'm gonna start celebrating a yard it, this one was like two yards short though if you look at the screen grab he is w- way before the pile on when he drops the ball that would have got them to cover or at least a push Instead, EKU betters cash those tickets. Uh, so they got a 33 win. They were all fired up about it. But a lot of people didn't see it because they were standing in lines in the concourse waiting to get their beers, waiting to get their waters. Uh, an absolute four-alarm fire. It made Railbird lines look short. Yeah, my but I, I, some of the people I saw yesterday were telling me a little bit about it, that just they they aren't taking cash, so... Slows everything down. First and foremost. So you better hope that your debit and ATM systems and all that, or not ATM, but your debit systems work. Your card systems can take credit cards. And it, it was uh, it was not working. So my buddy was like, all right, well, maybe the debit cards will be better. And so he put in his debit card, and it does the thing where it says to put in your PIN code. And he said that the employees, they were like, do not put in the PIN code. That's what's causing all this to not work. So he's like, okay, that's what you got to do for debit cards. So I'm not sure how this is going to go. So he like did the bypass pin number and then it just instantly popped up invalid. And she was like, well, it's, it's just not working for everybody tonight. And he was like, do you think maybe it's because I didn't put in my pin number and it's a debit card. So you have to do that to have it work. But he was told not to do such. So uh, oh, I, I know I know probably a dozen people that went and said that they had issues. I had no idea about it until they all. I guess it was a huge. If you're at the game, people were just livid. Supposedly, I think that all of the folks were going to no cash at all. Dumbest policy and co- like of all of the stupid COVID things we do. Not having cash on hand is the complete dumbest. The person running the cash register does not need to be touching other people's food. Just touch the cash and touch the buttons. It does uh, uh, That is so stupid, and it makes everything move slower. You have to be able to have cash at big events like this. It's oh, completely asinine. Well, the idea that, like, well, germs through cash. Oh, so you're going to touch their card instead. Well, so no, they, that's, that's much better. So they weren't accepting cash. Yes. Correct. Sheesh. So stupid. Hey, at least it's, they're not going the, to. It's the opposite of high school where they don't accept, or they do accept cash, but not card. That's always right, frustrating. Because it's a high school. And that's, yeah. you, like, I, the, the people, uh, we are a modern society that is relying less and less on cash. But there are certain places that cash is king, and you need to have cash at all times. Uh it's so fact so the racetrack you always bring cash to the racetrack 
games, sporting events, you should always have cash on hand because it makes things move much quicker. To go away from it is completely stupid. It's dumb. It's asinine. It makes no sense. Yeah, but at the same time, Nick, it's 2021. How come everybody doesn't have that little thing they can plug into their phone and run a credit card? Because it costs money. Like, why should a high school... But you're making money. Yeah, no, but you're not, though. Like, that that's like fundraising money. Why would you give away a percentage of whatever little profits you're going to make from concession stands? Like... Because it's more convenient, you get more sales potentially. Yeah, no, uh, no, just <laughs> yeah, bring yeah, cash. Yes, and yes. No, bring cash. I mean, it's be an adult, be an adult and have cash in your pocket. Come on, be an adult, have cash on you. Secondly, uh, I thought that as embarrassing as that was, uh, the looks for that. My favorite uh, pictures from Cardinal, or no, excuse me, Papa Murphy's Cardinal Stadium were the new seats that. Louisville fans, they spent so much time. Finally, we're getting these pink seats out of here. We're going to get some red seats. But then they didn't keep them clean. <laughs> they let water sit in them, so they got mold all over them. What? Where are you seeing all this stuff? KentuckySportsRadio.com. No, I, I get all my. I don't, go to, I don't go to that website. No, like the, the tweets that Zach found are laugh out loud funny of some of the stuff. Like, the, it's what... The paint of some of the Ring of Honor people, you can't even tell who they are because it's falling off. There's spray paint in some of the seats that's chipping. I mean, it was embarrassing, to say the least. Man. I'll send you the link. It's it's very it's very funny stuff, Terry. Yeah, I got to check it out. I, 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 I do. Um, what, what else on the college? What well, else stood uh, out from Texas college? Texas is back. Uh, back to getting their teeth kicked in. Welcome to the SEC, boys and girls. Uh, that was funny. Uh, we also had Ohio State go down. I don't think anybody saw that coming. The way that Oregon played in the week one and the way that Ohio State did, did not see that happening whatsoever. Uh, and, and similarly, they had a post-game celebration, but instead of stabbing midfield with a the flag, they just left a little rubber ducky right in the middle of the O. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And I, I think, too, it all you, – you, we – Folks who are live betters, which, uh, man, really unfortunate for us who are not in Indiana. When the guy who was supposed to dot the eye tripped and fell running out of the concourse, like that's that's your sign right there that <laughs> things aren't going to go well. Like That was awesome. That That's when you know that today is not your day. Uh, but my, one of my favorite wins of the day was uh, watching Pitt beat Tennessee. Tennessee is a hilarious football team to watch. Like Joe, Joe Milton, just like, let me throw the ball 75 yards out of the end zone, play after play. They had so many guys running wide open, and they just could not. Even when he threw a good pass, they couldn't catch the ball. It was it was hilarious. High comedy. In uh, uh, it was very clear to Milton. He was taught by Heupel and the Tennessee coaches that, hey, if you throw it long, either your wide receiver is going to get under it or it'll be an incompletion. If you throw it short, maybe it gets picked off. You, you know, they people have to come back to the ball. It's a little bit more complicated. So when in doubt, just put a little more zip on it, throw it long, and let your wide receiver go get it. And if he doesn't, then it's an incompletion. Uh, he's, he took that to heart. Too much to heart. Because every <laughs> single ball is too long. Every single one. He probably passed up at least just a little bit I saw. And that flipped over to Ohio State. But the little bit I saw, he probably like three touchdowns would have been there for the taking if he just puts the ball on the money. Uh, but instead, overthrew all of them. And, and that was the theme for the rest of the game. I lost a little money on Tennessee, 
which was uh, yeah, unfortunate. Take that, Terry. Great cover, Kenny Pickett's. Great cover. It was uh, it was Hinden, a good game. Actually, came in and uh, and gave him a little bit of life there. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, love to see that. Ooh, one other thing that was very funny. There was some idiot who was on our live blog when Kentucky was winning, but kind of struggling. It was in the second half. They were up two scores. Like, yeah, I don't know about South Carolina. They've got a good defense. We could be in trouble. Or no, they said, I don't, I don't know about South Carolina's offense after the way that Missouri has gone up against. It's like, did you see South Carolina? Like, they don't they, have a quarterback. They, they, oh my God. I mean, it's going to get better once Luke Doty comes back next week, but that was the most, that was the most pathetic football game. If East Carolina, if they didn't get that touchdown, that fourth quarter touchdown called back, I think they could have won outright at home. I mean, the, the purple pirates were putting it on South Carolina. That offense is a disgrace to football. So bad. Yeah. I, I would, I would have, I would like South Carolina just to be losing to take as much wind out of their sails as possible for that road game in Columbia, but Kentucky should beat South Carolina. It doesn't matter where that game yeah. is. Uh, it's a game they should win. And I think I'm learning more about the UK football team is like I, totally wrong about the offense. I, I, I owned up to all that stuff last week, but it does feel like each and every Saturday Roush and Chattanooga game is an exception. We don't really know what it's probably going to look like, but I just feel like it's going to look good. Like I feel yeah. like it's going to be all right. I don't know if it's going to be. Yeah. Let's say that we're looking ahead to that South Carolina game. Is it going to be run heavy from UK? It could be. It, Chris Rodriguez, 200 yards rushing against Mizzou. If, if UK needs to, they can. Or is Levis going to take some shots, and are, are they going to zip it around a little bit as well? Kentucky could do either. And that, that partially is the reason I go back to that fourth down where they kick the field goal. Like, this UK offense is much harder to defend against now than it's really ever been in the Mark Stoops era. And that fourth and one in – Previous years, UK football, it's probably a wildcat. You know exactly yeah. where it's going. And the thing is, Kentucky's probably getting it, even if they're doing that. Even if the defense knows exactly what they're doing, they're probably getting it. But now you could still go wildcat if you wanted to. You could hand it off to Chris Rodriguez. You could do a draw to Chris Rodriguez. You could do a screen if you really wanted to get weird with it. You could do a QB sneak right up the middle. Well, Levis, huge dude. If, if you need somebody to get a yard, I bet he could find a way to, to trudge forward for uh, three feet. I don't think that'd be too difficult for him. You could take a shot. You got wide receivers that can go over the top now. You see that on fourth downs from time to time. All right, they think we're going to go just for a yard. Let's take one over the top and, and score a touchdown, put it away. There's just so many options with this offense i think we're going to go into each and every game not knowing what what the secret sauce is going to be for that said game mm -hmm. but i just love the versatility roush it, it yeah it's, it feels new it feels fresh i love it and i'm having a good time love the deep posts on play action of wandale robinson one thing i do not love is are the slants we gotta gotta lead our guys a, a little bit better because even though just like the first interception he threw they're, they're catchable but they're tough they're unnecessarily difficult catches on a quick slant um, that lead to picks. So, enough of that. Get, yeah, it's an easy way to get you know uh, several yards and 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 move the move the chains or get you ahead of the chains even then. But the the risk reward of it that's something that I think would be easy for them to kind of figure out and make right. 
So mm-hmm. far, they haven't. But yeah. in those in those moments, you know, it, it, between the zip on the ball and if it's a little behind, you get it, like you mentioned, a fingertip on it. It does need to be more precise. Uh, agree with you. Plenty of areas to clean up uh, on yeah. offense and defense, but offensively, just the the mystery of it all. I'm still not really well. I, I'm not used to it. And if you look at the drive chart, I think on the first six drives, four of them were touchdowns. Two of them ended in turnovers. And so, I mean, you know easily add a fifth in there with the fumble by Chris Rodriguez. I think they only had to bring out the punter once, maybe twice. Uh, and the the one there was one drive kill or two where Kentucky was moving the ball in the second half. And if not for a Wandell Robinson, I couldn't tell if it was a bad throw or if it was a drop on like a first down play action that was like a comeback route. Easy 15-yard game pitch and catch that didn't get converted ended up being a drive killer. Like if you keep you know, th- there's some very little things that if they clean up, then they really just aren't getting stopped at all. So it's it's exciting. Uh, I know you weren't on Twitter, but a lot of folks were like, huh, man, Penn State fans got to be really mad. They, they they kept Sean Clifford instead of this guy. So it was exciting to see all the buzz. Now, of course, some of that goes away. AP poll voters hate Kentucky. They're still voting Arizona, who hasn't won a game yet. They're still giving them votes instead of Kentucky, so it can it, it can be silly, it can be redundant, but uh, in due time, you know, Kentucky's going to mop the floor with the mocks this Saturday. They're going to go beat South Carolina, and I think by then, when some other teams start falling, you'll see Kentucky at the tail end of the top twenty-five before the Florida Gators come to town. Yeah, it's stupid. There aren't twenty-five teams better than Kentucky football, uh, probably. Again, probably not 20 or 15 better teams than Kentucky football, but the poll is dumb. It is dumb. It's dumb from the start. The preseason, I mean, ranking teams in a preseason when you haven't seen any of them play, that's pretty dumb if you think about it as well. Uh, and it does kind of matter, but Kentucky will have enough chances to climb up those rankings if they take care of business. But yeah, the ranking stuff, it's something that I, I don't generally let bother me, but I think it always kind of does a little bit more than I want to lead on, to, to be honest. Right. Let's end hour one here. Justin, Hoosier's got a big win. We can talk about that in hour two if you want. Oh, there's no need for that. That was just domination. No, the Hoosiers <laughs> We paid $1.2 million to kick Idaho's ass. And you did it. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> Let's go to a break. Hour two coming up next. We got a full text line. Look forward to reading them. 502-414-1450. KRC back after this. Have you ever had the odds stand up so high? You need a strength most don't possess. Or has it ever come down to do or die? You got to rise above the rest. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Ready to rock and roll. Hour number two. Read your text into the show. 502-414-1450. You text them in on KRC. We read them, and we will do that here in a moment. It's Monday. If you're feeling like I am, probably pretty sluggish. Not overly enthused to get back into the swing of things. And Roush, that's why I'm going to treat myself to a little salsaritas this afternoon. A little, Mm. little, giving myself a little pat on the back. 
You've earned it, buddy. Uh, you've earned it. You watched a lot of football yesterday. You watched mm-hmm. a lot of football on Saturday. And I, I think that's the best way to treat yourself, to go to one of their two locations and get a little extra, you know? They yeah, just yeah. Get a little extra today. Throw, throw, throw on some more queso on there. If it were me, I'd get some extra guacamole. I know you're not a guac guy. Justin would like the little mild salsa. We'll take the hot, you know. I also like to get multiple sauces too, TJ, because then like you take one bite of your nachos on one side and it kind of keeps your mouth guessing, you know. Never know what you're going to get. You, d- you don't. Uh, they're in St. Matthews in Middletown. It's very easy. It's quick. They prepare the food right there in front of you. Delicious, juicy seasoned meats, chicken, steak. Uh, I, I, sometimes I get both of them, the chicken and the steak, if I'm feeling really wild and adventurous. And then you just ball out on the chips. At the end of the day, Salsaritas, it's, uh, they got salsa in their name, so they're spicy salsas, obviously the tops. But how crunchy and delicious and addicting those chips are, you're going to want to check them out. You're going to download the app as well. It's going to save you some money. You can order on the app. But check out their two locations, Middletown and St. Matthews. I didn't, right. realize, didn't realize it was called Hot Salsaritas. Yeah, that is. You didn't I, I like to call it medium salsaritas. Uh, a little baby salsaritas is what you call it. <laughs> That's yeah. what you call it. Uh, all right, text into the show, 502-414-1450. Keith giving us an update. He was in hurricane. He was in the path of a hurricane. Everything ended up being okay. The hurricane ended up strengthening to a cap two, and when the power went out, it was pretty scary, but nothing that a bottle of liquor couldn't fix. Still don't have power yet, and my golf this weekend got canceled, so everything isn't always coming up roses for Keith. Also, Nick, they have a different name list for the Eastern Pacific and the Atlantic Tropical Storm. Ah, got you, got you. That makes sense. So thanks for the clarification, Keith. Glad all is well down in Cabo. Uh, Hope, Man, real shame you probably weren't able to watch any games this weekend. That's, That's a bummer. Wow, yeah, so it's not always coming up roses. We're glad you're all right, Keith. That's most important. Power, that'll get restored eventually. Hopefully. Yes, eventually, hopefully. Uh, ooh, one texture asked, hey, why is our new Aussie punter punting like a traditional punter and not punting it very far at all? Well, Averaged I, about 40 yards per punt, which is okay. Yeah, not great. I, I think some of it might be because he was dealing with a back injury, but I'm not... I haven't been impressed with a punt this season, but there hasn't been like a complete disaster of a punt, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you take a, it's basically just an average right now, and we can live with it. It hasn't hurt us yet, right? I don't think so. How the heck does a punter get a back injury? Well, because Justin, have you ever kicked anything? I guess that's a good point. Do you know what puts stress on? It's your back. It's it's like a, a repetitive motion kind of injury thing where you get a lot of strain on the back. So maybe that has something to do with it. There was one punt that, like, it could have been an opportunity to pin it down and said it was shorter, and they just fair caught at the 20. You get a little bit more sauce on there. You yeah. Can, you can pin them back. But um wasn't great. I did see his brother. So Wilson Berry's brother, Jordan, was punting for the Vikings yesterday, and they're in overtime in Cincinnati. The kicker had a crazy – I mean, it was like a 53-yarder force overtime. And the Vikings got stopped. He booted a ball like 68 yards for the Bengals' last possession. So you're thinking like, oh, gosh, we might have ourselves a tie on our hands. But, man, shout out to Joe Burrow. Fourth and one near midfield. The Bengals decide to go for it instead of playing to 
to tie it. They're like, we're, we're, we're going for this bad guy with a minute and a half to go. Joe Burrow just lets one rip on the play action. The tight end gets about 20 yards downfield. That was a heck of a play. I like it that Justin's asking how somebody could get hurt. Maybe he was riding a scooter. That would make more. <laughs> that would make more sense than punting a football. Yeah, maybe he and his boys were just rolling through Indy, peeping girls, and then going a little too fast. Hey, by the way, uh, we crossed the two-month anniversary of the scooter wreck, so that's cool. Oh, and you've made a full recovery? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm 100, but I'm, I'm probably 98, 99. I played two games of softball yesterday, so. But yeah, I also, was... I also had to play first base, so I didn't have to throw it. Wow, two games <laughs> of softball. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you do? Uh, we won one, lost one. It's it's the league we dominate every summer, but for some reason they decided to do a fall league this year, mm. and our our heads were just not in it. We're we're a it's summer football. league softball team. Well, yeah, because it's it's yeah, getting in the way of your football. Like, yeah. and that was last night. I was really bummed, but it was our first. The, our our basketball league is nearing a close. I think there's only like three or four more games in it, but still, I wanted to have this bad boy wrapped up by the time football season started around. I had to miss the second half of the four o'clock games and only got there in time to watch the Browns blow it against the Chiefs. I uh, I, I was proud of the Bengals. I'm not a Cincinnati fan, but uh, NFC North, nobody got a win yesterday. So, fine by me. We're right where we started. Right where we started. And good for the Bengals. They needed... I was shocked by how many Vikings fans were in Cincinnati yesterday. But... Yeah. Uh, Good for them. Good for the Bengals fans. I'm always, shocked. Excited about. I'm always shocked that there's Vikings fans anywhere. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, I think, has a lot of them. <laughs> uh, man, Red Zone, what a great television channel. Oh, so much fun. That first, that first just uh, so many things happening. Uh, it's just so much fun. I mean, and it was one of those things, too, that it didn't get long. Like, I think, uh, Somebody had like an 80-yard bomb on the first play. I mean, Red Zone's just a great television channel. And then you get the craziness at the end. Like, I I would never have expected to keep up with the Detroit Lions-San Francisco 49ers game, especially when the Niners were up 38-10 to 10 in the second half. And then all hell broke loose. It was one of those things, too, Terry, that I was, I was texting a buddy who's a 49ers fan, giving him hell about it. He had actually moved to the other room to like do homework or something. So he didn't even know it. So I had to explain to him how the 49ers almost blew it. And it's so much funnier to write it out. So the Lions scored. They got the two-point conversion. On the onside kick, it bounced off Greg Kittle's face. The next play, Jared Goff threw a bomb down to the two. Detroit got it again and scored. And then they get another two-point conversion. Barely, I mean, it was a crazy catch. So now we're back to, okay, right, you, you've got to either onside kick this or get us out. The onside kick doesn't work. But they force the 49ers into a third and 12. They're like, all right, well, if they just get this first down, game over. Debo Samuel gets the first down, then fumbles the ball up by eight with about a minute to go. Detroit got it all the way down to the 25. They had one, they, they called their final timeout, four downs to get in the end zone with 30 seconds to play, and they got nowhere fast. It was, but even then, it was still a crazy ending. They scored 16 points and recovered an onside kick in a matter of like a minute and a half. Absolute insanity at Ford Field. 
Right, that's crazy. I'm glad you summarized it for me. I didn't know how it went down. Just figured the the Lions lost because they were the Lions, and that's generally what I assume <laughs> when I see that Detroit uh, has lost a football game. But yeah, go go Forty Niners. Second Lions. The the crowd there was very funny too because some people had left at that point. Like some sad Lions fans were like, "Oh God, here we go again." And, but you also had Forty Niners hats wearing their big dumb minor hats in the crowd. Mm. Oh. I mean, good to have NFL fans back, too. I know we've had the college stadiums, but NFL fans really are a silly bunch. So happy to see them back in the stands. Yeah, no kidding. Texture says, Stoops has to realize he can't give cushion on the outside if you were getting absolutely no pass rush. Missouri doing the same thing they did uh, KSR year is what they said. Uh, I'm maybe sure that was autocorrected from last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dink and dunk down the field because we play with so much cushion on the outside. Can't do that with no pass rush. I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, I, but I think the counter is like that's what like Stoops is. That's that's just his style. Like, and I know like I had somebody yesterday at the basketball game. Like, can we not just not give him the five yards? And I think that's what Stoops wants to like. He wants to. He does. Not, not many teams are going to take that every time. I think that's the kind of game we play, and not every team's going to execute that every time. And so I think that's his preferred style of play, keep everything in front and then try to put a little bit more pressure on third down. If you notice, too, like they they really don't give what those happen on third immediate. Like when they're getting third downs, they're, they're having to earn them a little bit better. It's just those first and second down underneath passes that if you miss a tackle, then then you're in trouble. It's like my strategy in ping pong. Just I, I'm, I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the other player make the mistake, and I'm just gonna keep giving it back to you. And you're eventually gonna get impatient. You're gonna try something you shouldn't be trying. You're gonna it's gonna come off the paddle a little wrong. Soups wants it to hit off a wide receiver's fingertips, get in the air. Yeah, it is. It is a super conservative style of defense. Now you had a different vantage point than I did, and and you had more maybe luxury of replays because I know there's more TVs up there. Uh, shame on Kroger Field. They got to show more replays. That that kind of goes back to like the in-game versus at-home experience. You just need to be over the top with replays. I don't care if it's bad right. news for UK. I don't care if it's great news for UK. I don't yeah. care if it's an embarrassment for the referee. I don't care if it's an embarrassment for a UK player. They didn't even show the Chris Rodriguez fumble in the end zone again, which like see, I wanted to see that. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's the thing that kills me about in-stadium is they're only going to show replays of good things yeah. when you want to see replays of all close things. Even if they're reviewing something that like, hey, it may not go Kentucky's way, they don't show – who cares? Like the, the you showing it at the stadium is not going to have an impact on the call on the field if they're reviewing something. you got to be over the top with the replays. And then they didn't do any like live look-ins at other games around the country or – and I, you know, I understood they had, they had a bunch – you had a bunch of celebrities in town. They had a bunch of events going on and all that stuff. But – they, they could they could make the in-game experience better, and I'm not just talking about the beer. But, yeah, uh, back to the defense thing. That's Stoops' defense, and I think I do think the texture's right. you got to get some pressure on. I didn't think they were sending enough people. Roush, you said that they were, and, again, I'll take I'll take your credit, or I'll, I'll take your lead on that one. I'll, I'll go back and re-watch the game either today or tomorrow, or probably a combination of both. But I, that that's the thing, is if you got the pass rushers, that defense is a thing of beauty. You're going to force turnovers. You're going to force frustration. We saw it in Mississippi State last year. We saw it in Tennessee last year. We'll see it at some point this season. But you got to get some guys up front that can push back those offensive linemen and not let a quarterback get too comfortable. But that may have been the best quarterback Kentucky will play all year, certainly in the conversation. 
Yeah, and and I, Missouri is one of those teams that they will take that. Not every team does. <laughs> you know, they get they get a little aggressive. Uh, they get complacent and they want to go uh, downfield. But um, you know, credit to Missouri, Connor Basilai. Not only I, I think the Basilai runs were maybe even more frustrating than some of the passes because that those were the times that they would get a decent rush, but it wasn't very disciplined or it was only one guy getting there. So all he needed to do was make a move and get around the initial guy and then he could get the first down. So um, I, I know that pass rush is certainly going to be a point of emphasis this week. J.J. Uh, Weaver, he was supposed to only play a dozen snaps, ended up playing 30. <laughs> so it, it, it it worked out well. JJ, he's not. He said he's not feeling the, uh, not thinking about the leg injury anymore at all. So glad to see him make the big play when they needed. Uh, but Stoops did at least joke like, "Yeah, you know, I can't give him too much credit because he came free." <laughs> so and and that was that was you know it was just a good call. They had nobody there to block him, and Weaver didn't hesitate. He got home. And that was man. I that was one of those. I wish I was in the stands for that one because I would have been losing my mind. The Krogue was going nuts. That was that was awesome. That was yep. awesome. Yeah, it was. And I was wondering how many plays he he did end up playing because it seemed like he was out there a lot. And uh, if he feels good, why why not, I suppose? Yeah. Uh, one thing I found, too, interesting, this is completely unrelated, that just hopped up on my Twitter timeline. Uh, apparently, a Florida State player had already planned on proposing to his girlfriend after the game. And there's a picture, I'm going to post it on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook group, of this Florida State lineman proposing to his girlfriend on the field while you can still see Jacksonville State celebrating in the background. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, obviously, this was pre-planned, and the sad thing was it was like, well, let's not do it for Notre Dame. You wouldn't want to do it after a loss. Jacksonville State, it won't be, like, all that exciting, but at least we know we'll win. We'll go out there. We'll get the win. I'll propose on the field. It's going to be really magical. And then I imagine like friends and family in the stands after that Hail Mary, they probably just freaking the you know what out, being like, do we? Do you, th- do you think he's still gonna want to do it? Like, are we? Do has anybody talked to him? Does he still want to oh, do it? Do, do you have the ring? What are we gonna? And I guess they decided to go on ahead and follow on through on it. I saw that picture, uh, but maybe the maybe the speech when proposing then is like, listen. I'm miserable right now. We just lost to Jacksonville State, and I still want to be with you. That's how much I. That's how much I love you. Oh man! <laughs> College football is just the best. Oh, it really is. It really. It's really a. Re- it's a real hoot. Uh, Texter says, "Nothing's more heartbreaking than being a UK fan." But still, go Cats! What are you talking about? We won, baby. <laughs> what? we won oh man yeah i don't know what you're talking about they covered too it's not like yeah i mean come on even if you got a weird line they covered which by the way i'm glad they went for that field or i'm good i think if missouri like things worked out well for kentucky betters because if kentucky makes that field goal missouri's probably going to go down and score a touchdown right Backdoor. Yeah, Kentucky's probably playing pretty soft off, just trying to chew up some clock, yeah. not allowing anything over the top, but you know, giving up those eight, seven yard runs or pass plays. And if you miss one tackle, it can turn into 15 or 20. Yeah, they're at least getting down to the 20 or 25 and uh having a good chance to punch that in. That's a that's a good way to look at it. I, I just mean, I, I like I was so one, I didn't feel good about him making the field goal in that situation. And that may be a little unfair to him, but that's a big spot. That's that's putting the game away. 
Secondly, just the holds have been bad all year. I would have definitely ran it, but again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It really is, and and that was the ultimate like. You really can see it both ways, but common sense tells you just take the points. You know, just I just I'm always of at least in college football. If you have a chance to do it yourself with the people that have gotten you there. Sorry, kickers may kick one field goal a game, a couple PATs, two field goals a game, however many you score. It, it, like, I, I want it, the offense. They're on the field. They they have a better feel for the game. If they need to get one freaking yard, uh, I, I feel so much better about that to close out a game than what would it even have been, like a 46-yarder, 45-yarder? No, it was only 37. 37? Really? Yeah, it was a short field goal. Yeah, that's why it's like, yeah, you just take it. <laughs> you know, they, they were pretty deep into – Missouri territory and Kentucky for the most part. I mean, Rodriguez hadn't taken any negative yards, but man, to see the boxes that Missouri was rolling out in that one drive right before half, I mean, it was eight, nine guys. And they were, they weren't even like just in the box. They were all walked up at the line of scrimmage and Kentucky was still running down their throats. Now we haven't mentioned smoke's name yet. He had a couple really nice runs mixed in there. It's good to see him kind of get back to feeling good. You know, did. that dude is fast. Yeah, yeah. Did some nice things in that first game, just, you know, had the turnovers. Right, exactly. Had a few costly mistakes. Texture said, being a UK fan, win or lose, takes 20 years off your life. That I can agree with. Yes, yes. There is just so so many perceptions around Kentucky football that it is, it's like you're golfing watching a UK game. Like, it, it, there's such a mind, you know what, a mind bleep <laughs> that goes into it. It's like, gosh, I've I've been so trained and conditioned to expect the worst here, but my brain and my eyeballs are telling me like this team's good, we're gonna be all right, and they were. At the end of the day, Roush, they were all right. That we can exhale. That's a solid Missouri team. They're gonna go to a bowl game, and uh, now five out of six against the Tigers. Man. Suck it, Missouri. That's how you dominate a series, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Take that. Rewind it back. <laughs> Texter says, oh, this is from Robert. Hey, Robert. Fellas, I am not having a very cash money time watching this football game. I left the relaxation and my family at the lake to drive home and watch this game, only to be in a constant state of stress. Did C-Rod forget how to hold on to the football? Is our defense this mediocre or is Missouri's offense this good? Makes me feel better about make me feel better about this game. I'm guessing Robert you sent that in during the game and I would hope that maybe you feel a little bit better after the fact. Uh, the defense was frustrating at times in the second half, and especially the way to close out the first half. But UK got the win, and they didn't play particularly great. And you're going to get a nice cleanup game next week, and then you really get in the meat of the potatoes of your schedule. I feel con- Kentucky should beat South Carolina. The Florida game should come down to the wire, and I legitimately think Kentucky's a better team than LSU. Like, I will be disappointed if Kentucky doesn't beat LSU at the Croak. So, I like where things are set up. My expectations haven't changed just because Kentucky had a so-so defensive performance against a pretty damn good quarterback that that played with a lot of heart. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. A lot of fight. I know uh, to your point, to his point about C-Rod not fumbling the football, the uh, he said something after the game. I forget what it was, but they have he has like a. Uh, kind of like a whiteboard of goals of priorities. And I think he said after last week, he switched it from 
ball security at the top to like catching passes or he, he changed it up and he's like, yep, not doing that again. <laughs> so, uh, e much easier to say after you get the win, you had 200 rushing yards and four touchdowns, uh, leading the sec in rushing right now is one Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. It's early, uh, into it and against maybe two defenses where Kentucky should put up some solid rushing numbers, or at least other other teams have. Central Michigan mm -hmm. had some success as well. But that's that's where you want to be. That's yep. where you want to be at the top. And uh speaking of at the top, Kentucky number one in the SEC, baby. <laughs> Woo! Take that. We're number one. We're, We're number, number one. one. How Woo. about Central Florida being a nine point favorite over Louisville on on Friday? Man. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see that it. That seems high. And, I, you know, I think Central Florida probably does win, but that seems like a lot of points for, like, that's that's basically UofL season. They lose that one, then it ain't going to be good for Scott and his tots. They win that one, you can, it could be like, it could be the Satterfield ho-hum special where they end up going like five and seven or six and six, and it's just blah football the rest of the way. Nine points, though, at home. That's That's a big line. Yep, very large line. My, I, I thought it would be around a touchdown or so. Yeah, nine I thought maybe is, five, six, something like that. Nine's a lot. It and is. they're just daring me. They're just daring me to still bet Central Florida. I read your KSR article. That moldy seat chair. Oh, it's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like you need to get one of those like scrapers to remove it. I just don't get like. What were they doing all summer? Yeah. People had to walk it. around that place and be like, oh, that's not good. Or we should fix that. We And man, the size of the crowd too was pretty sad. And that's not just because people were trying to buy beer underneath the thing. I mean, it was whew, not great, Bob. Well, luckily they did that expansion. <laughs> text on into the show, 502-414-1450. A texter says well, boys, I've drank the beer in the fridge, two old fashions, and now I'm on to straight bourbon. My heart rate is up, but we got the win. We have to get these turnovers under control, though. Also, can someone tell Drinkowitz to drink Gatorade like a normal human? Have a great day, guys. Go Cats. Suck it, Scoots. Uh, I'm guessing that's a nod from the broadcast. Like he, like you're, he, I, like they mentioned something weird on the broadcast, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's referring to. Uh, I don't recall anything about the Satterfield or about the Drinkwitz drinking Gatorade. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get really... it either. But maybe that, maybe that's a broadcast thing. And, yeah. Uh, I kind of meant to go back to the one to Robert's text. Robert, you left your family at the lake to watch the UK game by yourself. Is oh, that accurate? I, I appreciate that. That's that's dedication right there. You that's know, a wild move, Robert. I mean, some places. Not going to tell you how to live your life, but, but like, watching you know, with friends and family greater than watching by yourself. I don't know, man. It depends on how old those kids are. Uh, if they're going to, well, maybe distracting. they just wanted to. See and, and also, maybe he probably he might not have TV at the lake. You know, a lot of people they're just like I don't think I don't think I could watch the game at my lake house. Like, I, don't, I don't. Maybe the fam just wanted to keep watching it or keep staying at the lake. Well, that's Roush. You're you're on. To, if you don't have the TV or have a way to watch it, then sure, that would. Uh, yeah, that that would change things. But it, it, the way that text read, the text before this one we just read, came off as like I had to get the hell away from them, so I could <laughs> so, so Daddy could watch yeah. a little football. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I bet it's more to do with the actual like 
logistical problems than anything. Texter says, 2-0 is 2-0, and a win is a win. But, man, Kentucky is and was three touchdowns better than Missouri. So frustrating to be better than the opponent. Come down to one score. Have to clean up going forward. Good win nonetheless, and I'll take it. Go Cats. Yeah, that's the that was the – you know, 28-7. to I don't think Missouri has a lot of punch left at that point if, if you're up 28-7. to yeah. At that point, everything basically has to go per, per, perfectly, like to perfection for Missouri for them to have a chance to win. And – uh and then also you get a little bit more eyeballs if Kentucky wins that game 42 to 14 or 42 to 21 than you do 35 to 28, which if do you care about rankings, do you not? I guess it's personal opinion for different folks. But Kentucky had a chance to put that one away. Hopefully that'll be a valuable lesson for them moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And Kentucky's gotten better at that, at putting teams away in the Mark Stoops era. Uh, but, you know, it's still game two. And I, I think there is a difference if that happens three weeks from now. And that that kind of goes back to our talking points all over the summer about how great this schedule is. You'll love that you can win <laughs> ugly, still cover, and get the keep things alive for the future. I like man, there's just there's so much that Kentucky still has to work on. And you can get that accomplished in the first month of the season before you get to the meat and potatoes of your schedule. And as much as I may disagree with that or we'll point out that. Mark Stoops, believe it or not, folks, does know defense. Um, he does. And I, I think he'll learn a lot from that tape against Missouri and what may work against similar quality teams or other SEC opponents. And, and I'll be excited to see what adjustments they make from that. We were a little concerned in the offseason, Roush, about pass rushers and what that would look like. So I get it that some folks are naturally like, ah, I was worried about this. And look, it wasn't great. It wasn't. This is going to be a big issue. But I do think Stoops maybe deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to make the necessary adjustments in the oncoming weeks. But it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be something I'm going to keep an eye on. And when against Chattanooga, it's not going to matter. But, you know, South Carolina game, that's going to be uh, who do they have this weekend? Uh, Georgia. They're going to lose by a million. And Doty's coming back for this game. Uh, he will think he'll be available. I don't know. They might just be like, eh. Eh. but yeah, he should be back. He should be back. Well, either way, you, you seem like you could be getting South Carolina at a point of transition. Um, not a lot of consistency at, th at that position. So hopefully the, the effort will look better in Columbia. Cause that's the only way we will really be able to judge again, Chattanooga, just stay healthy, take care of business, let people get some reps, let some of the younger guy get some reps. And, uh, and, and South Carolina will be able to kind of see what Stoops has done differently from the Missouri game in two weeks. And, and I'm excited for that, but, uh, also just, you know, a little snoozer one, I don't have to worry about on Saturday will be nice too. And, and and we've only had one game where we've had I, I these textures are right about the stress factor of all this because I do feel like part of it is Rouch, this is like our baby we knew the schedule set up well you returned so many people you brought in all the grad transfers that you wanted that you could have hoped for Wandell was like a dream to have him come back home and we've all been kind of waiting for this season we've been waiting for this schedule we've been waiting for it to start and I think we go into each game being like if this doesn't go the way we want. I'm going to lose it. So I, I get the stress. I'm right there with you all. Uh, yeah. But it's fun. That's what makes it so exciting. It's so much better than the alternative and our friends on Floyd Street. Man, I'm really I'm really worried, though, about one thing, though, Terry. 
Florida plays Alabama this weekend. They're going to get killed. Emory Jones is going to be done, and Anthony Richardson is going to be their quarterback by the time they get to Lexington. And I, oh, well. I don't, I don't like that because oh, he's well. 240 pounds. He's kind of a beast. So, uh, would much rather see Emory Jones. Bring it on, baby. We'll be ready for him. And we're ready for a commercial break. And we'll come back. We'll do more text into the show. Uh, some of the Packers texts are coming in, so we'll we may just skip over those. Just move on to the next ones. No need to. No need to bring that bad boy up. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. What's today? October? Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Uh-huh. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Monday, getting you started. Mondays are always more fun when your team wins. And Mondays are more fun, any day is more fun, really. It doesn't have to be a Monday. When you can go to the Bobby Cook Golf Academy, hit their golf simulators, work on your game, but out of the elements. It's going to be hot the next couple days. Uh, I don't know, who knows when we're really going to get the the real fall weather, but it's never a bad time to work on yourself. Get out of the driving range, not the, not the place to do it. You don't really learn a lot about your game. You just consistently are doing the same things wrong over and over again. Bobby Cook Golf Academy, their simulator shows you where you're coming in on the ball, your hit force, a lot of things that I don't even know exactly what all they mean but you know they're going to help your game. Go to the bobbycookgolfacademy.com. The best way to help your game is to get lessons from Bobby Cook himself. You can do all that on their website, bobbycookgolfacademy.com, right off exit four in southern Indiana, right off 65, really easy drive from any part of Louisville. Really cool. You won't be disappointed if you've never been. Go check them out. And check us out, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. If you can't listen live, anywhere you get your podcast, just search Kentucky Roll Call and – Remember to text on into the show. We love hearing from you all. 502-414-1450. Okay. Um, Roush, anything you want to add? I saw you tweet. I don't know if we specific- – I think we did bring it up. But that Levis to Wandel throw, clutch. Yeah. Big on time. third and long, man. It was – that was one of the plays that gets overlooked because it wasn't one of the big t- touchdown throws. It wasn't one of the – you know, monsters that Wandale had out there. I mean, to open the game too with that 64 yard jet sweep, that was awesome. But it's the final, you know, there's what, like six minutes left in the game. Kentucky gets backed up third and 12, and Levis finds Wandale to get a first down and move the sticks. Those are the kind of plays that, I mean, we just. You, you didn't expect. You expected Kentucky to fail in the past. And to be able to go through the air to make that play, to keep the drive alive, to chew up four more. I mean, I know the possession didn't end in a score, but it kept the drive alive and kept the ball out of Missouri's hands. That's huge for the future to know that in those kind of situations, you can rely on Liam Cohen to draw up a good play and for Will Levis to put the ball where it needs to be to move the sticks. Yeah, it uh, it just seems like their chemistry are guys that have been playing together longer than just three months. 
uh, to, to have faith in Wandell to get under that ball, to have faith, faith and will to be able to, to get it out there in that situation. It, it, that is different. That is a, if you have a, a previous offensive coordinator, one that I did like, but obviously this is a lot more fun and a lot more entertaining. You can almost guarantee that would have been like a run. Um, try to get seven yards, chew up a little bit more clock, keep it safe, yep. and then get it right back to your defense. But not not anymore. And that's that's the fun thing about this offense. You really just have no clue what could happen on any given play. Uh, I think a lot of good college football teams are probably thinking, or a lot of good college football programs are like, yeah, that's normally how offense works. Uh, <laughs> we we Things have been a little different for us here in Kentucky. Oh. Last few years, I had one moment, TJ, last night where it was it was after one of Levis's early good runs. But I had a moment where he threw. I, I remember exactly where it was on the field. It was the twenty going in towards the student section. I believe this was it was the drive that ended with the fumble that they didn't call a fumble touchdown of Rodriguez at the goal line. And on a third and five, he threw an out route to Wandale. And I think they were in man coverage, but either way, like I, I was like in my brain, I was saying, run it. You've got the lane, go get the first down, but it's much easier to just throw for it when the guy's open. You know, I'm just, my brain is so programmed to go the other way. It's still hard for me to remember what it was like to throw your way down the football field. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fun. Fun to see it again. I hope this uh, is the norm moving forward. But it's uh, and winning, winning more more importantly. I'm fine if Kentucky wants to run it a million times if it, if they get a win. But admittedly, more fun seeing wins when you can you can do a little bit of everything when you're not one dimensional. Uh, what do we got next on the text line here? Well, we have one texter who says. Uh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think it was the Fran Kersey one. Okay, I, I didn't want to reread any. Fran Kersey looked incredibly handsome in the picture they showed on TV. Well, he must have been. I never knew Fran Kersey, but... I didn't get to see the picture either. I can't comment on if he did look handsome or not. I guess Stoops surpassed him. I know he's 51 and 50. Above 500, baby! Woohoo! Ah, that's That probably means a lot for Stoops, in all honesty, to get there. Yeah, and he won't say that, but... Yeah. No, he definitely will not say that. But that's it, it was a uh, it was fair to wonder if he ever would to to be honest, uh, if he ever would get there. But 51 and 50, he has really turned things around at the University of Kentucky. And what was he to start like 12 and 26 or something like that? 12 and 26 and since the 12 and 26 start, 39 and 24. Pretty Man, good. That's... 39 and 24 is good at UK. And the SEC. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, after a 12 and 26 start, he is. Imagine that. When he was 12 and 26, be like, hey, Stoop's going to be here long enough to. this. He's going to have a winning record at Kentucky. A lot of people probably would have said, eh, don't, I don't know about that. But that seems like that may be tough to accomplish. 12 and 26. Things were pretty bad off the get-go. Uh, and that was no fault of stoops, at least from a talent standpoint and the depth mm -hmm. standpoint, which is more important. Texture says 11 targets for Wandell, two for Ali. Yes. Only 18 pass attempts all game. Yeah. Still you, 179 yard touchdown or 179 yards in a touchdown. And I, I, I don't want fans. You can do whatever you want. It's your own life, but like, don't think that this is an indication that UK is going to be going away from the past. It, Missouri just allowed teams to, 
got them up in the run game. We we did what we needed to do in those situations. Uh, I There are still going to be games, Roush, a lot of games where Kentucky's going to be slinging it around, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, to the Texas point, it would have been nice to get it to Alvey a little bit more. He had a real nice play where he took a you know seven-yard – you know, a little stop route, a little comeback, and wiggled free for like six or seven more. But, you know, I I, I don't know. A lot of times there's a, uh, okay, the play is supposed to go to this guy, and other times it's just that's what the defense gives you. Maybe they were taking away uh, Josh more uh, than they were Wyndale. That's actually a decent question worth asking today for Mark Stoops. So glad you, glad you put that in there, Texter. There you go. There you go. Doing your job for you. Texer says, Eli Drinkwitz, they didn't spell his name right, is the most unlikable coach alive, snaps at the Missouri media for every question and takes a celebratory drink after every insult. I, I, I guess I, I saw people tweeting about this, but I don't really know where it came from. He was being a little salty after the game or something? I guess so. You know, like the first uh... – question that was asked was about Missouri's rush defense and he just started saying we got our butt whipped up front we weren't able to stop the run until the rush until I watched the film not exactly sure what happened so he was just pretty quick um yeah yeah, I mean I I don't know I I didn't actually see how it all unfolded but I can second that that I do not like Eli Drinkwitz and I, I did find it funny that some Louisville fans were saying maybe we got the wrong App State guy while they were watching Kentucky uh, play Missouri. I think they probably did, for what it's worth. I think it's undoubtable. I think you can't even yeah. debate it, I should say. You can't debate the fact that momentum is higher at Mizzou than it is at UofL. Yes. Uh, also, something that Luckett likes to remind us, uh, they've they've never had more – Drinkwitz has never stayed at one school more than three years. So mm-hmm. – Interesting. Uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. It'd be yeah. nice to get him the hell out of there. Uh, yeah, we don't need like Missouri and South Carolina. I'm very happy with where this rivalry or where the series currently is. Need to make sure that those stay the same. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yes. Uh, a texter says Jameis Winston outplaying TJ's boy. Yikes! That's that's NFL football, baby. It happens. I, I you know what? I'm glad that we did get that version of Jameis though, because I. I was actually watching the first half of that with a buddy who's a Saints fan, and he is determined. And like, it's it's kind of conspiracy theory, yes, but they were willing to pay Taysom Hill more and play him last year just to hide Jameis from everybody else. It's like Teddy played five games and went and got thirty million dollars to go somewhere else. They wanted to keep him around once Breeze was gone, mm-hmm. and you know what? That that. It, it the math checks out because Jameis he played well and I think he actually is a good quarterback. He just got he just isn't throwing the ball, he's making bad decisions, throwing the ball to the other team. So it's all decision making for him. He's talented enough to make any throw on the field. It's just he will make really dumb ones and silly mistakes. I uh, didn't do a lot of that, but Green Bay didn't didn't make it difficult enough on him. And when they did, they were getting bogus penalties. But that's obviously not why Green Bay lost. They just got their Asses handed to them. Yeah, Texas. shout out to uh, our Steelers, though, Justin. I Neither you nor I saw that coming, but the block punt, man, best team in the AFC. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I was pleasantly surprised with the win yesterday. I didn't anticipate 
there being a win yesterday, but I think there's going to be a lot of wins for the Steelers team that we don't anticipate. Also, uh, that was a big one. Yeah, even though like the numbers weren't great anywhere, they still found a way to win. So I'll take that, especially from a team. A lot of people are picking the Bills to be, you know, they're, they're the fun upset the Chiefs to win and go to the Super Bowl kind of pick. So big, big time win and a big win for Trevor's Eagles. Maybe uh, Devontae Smith's first catch was a touchdown, too. So maybe they finally picked a good wide receiver. Hey, by the way, Nick, uh, welcome to Steelers fanhood. They never win pretty. It's they always just find a way to win. No, they won. They won pretty last year at the beginning. Yeah, last year they were roll. They were. I've. It's been very rare that I've seen a Steelers team like that in my life. That they just click on all cylinders like that. Hey, TJ, I have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, and I bet the Packers. I know you're super interested in that, so please explain what happened today. Thanks. We'll go back listen to the podcast. I'm not concerned or worried about it. Complete stinker. Uh, I don't expect it to happen again or frequently. Green Bay will be fine in the long run. But that text could have been for me because I also had Aaron Rodgers on a fantasy team and I also bet the Packers. So rough day for me oh, man. in that regard. We're, we're, here, we're getting a lot more Packers text here. They ain't slowing down. <laughs> I, 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 I figured as much. Understandable. That's fine. Oof. That Jameis Winston guy can sure play the football. Suck it, Packers and whiny ass AA Ron Rodgers. Old discount, double chicken ass. Hashtag who that? New Orleans fans very happy with the regular season win. And you know what? Rightfully so. Have Go crazy, folks. Gosh, Such a I massive Trevor, win. For- I wish Trevor was here because he hates Saints fans too. <laughs> Such a massive win for the program and the season. However, I'm not exactly sure how I feel after the game. That just seemed like a game we should have won by 20, but tons of little things we didn't execute on. What are your all's thoughts on our defense? Was it more Missouri being a good team offensively or our defense we seem to give up a ton of easy passes. That's just kind of Mark Stoops' defense. Yeah. Not enough pressure on the quarterback. Missouri taking what UK was giving them, and they executed on it. And I, I think, too, that Tyler Beatty is going to be one of the – that dude just screams NFL back with his ability to catch the ball. Get He got so many just – he would turn those three-yard plays into eight yards, you know, and that – that was what was kind of frustrating at times for me. I thought the run defense would be a little bit better, but like all in all, they, I mean, just looking at the numbers, Beatty was four yards of carry. He still only had 61 yards. It was through the air. He caught 10 passes for 88. That was where it was more frustrating. And that's where they could get him in space and get one-on-ones with linebackers. So, uh, I mean, Basilek had to pass it 51 times to do anything. So, you know, and, and still didn't eclipse 300 yards. So, I, yeah, it felt a lot worse at the time than I think what it was just because they were able to keep some drives alive and they weren't able to get off the field. And I, I think some of that's just going to be the name of the game with Drinkwitz when he's at Missouri. He's just going to be aggravating as hell to go up against. 8 of 15 on third downs for Mizzou. Yeah, and that's got to get better for Kentucky. But second game of the year, first one against a halfway decent opponent. They're, it's all right to have some things to work on. Uh, this early in the season. Every team does. Every single team does. At mm-hmm. least we're doing it in a win and uh, and can still kind of dream big for what this season can hold because everything's still on the table for Kentucky. Packer, the Packers got absolutely waxed. Concerning, TJ? Not in the slightest. We'll be fine. Definitely, definitely not worried. He's not worried. I'm really not worried. I, I you know, obviously wish it didn't get a complete five-touchdown blowout loss, but... It's uh it's a long season. Long season. Long 
season. One texture says, didn't realize my season tickets were right beside the opposing band. Does every UK opponent's band play every time UK gets a first down, or is that just those Missouri nerds? Uh, not every band travels either. So, um, but that is, man, that can be a lot. Also, after the Windale 49 yard catch, instead of first down Kentucky, I turned to the Mizzou band, who was literally five feet from me, and I said, Carl Nathy voice, first down Kentucky. Oh, no, he, no, sorry. That game is good for a suck it, Missouri, with a big old DX crotch shot, which got me a slap for my wife, but it was worth it. <laughs> I love that you were just making up what this guy was saying to the Missouri well, band. Because I just read Carl Nathy voice, and it didn't end first down, so like I was, I was really confused. I thought that that was some part of the text that messed up. There's nothing more fun than Carl Nathy first down Kentucky. You get to start to wind it up while he goes, and then the then the payout punch as you point forward for the first down. It's a real special feeling, and that's a little secret of the pros uh, staying away from the opposing teams section just in general because it makes it more obnoxious. And you can literally sit pretty much ninety percent of other spots in the stadium and not have to deal with that. So. You lived and you learned, buddy, but at least you got the win. The worst is when you lose and you're right next to the other team's section. I was I was next to the Mississippi State's band back in 2007. You know, that it was like snow. It was like spitting snow, really ugly game. Kentucky just laid a complete egg, and I was next to their band and all the stupid cowbells just made it 100 times worse of an experience. At least you got to see a win, Texter. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, and that makes it all the more – gratifying guys is it just me or does the sec network not provide enough camera angles or isolation shots for their football productions comparison it seems subpar the sec is the best in all aspects of college football why can't the network put out a better product i wish i could relate better but like the t some of the tvs were really far behind in the press box you don't watch as much it also like that wasn't i mean to your point texture the sec network does get it's kind of further down the totem pole compared to like getting the ESPN seven o'clock game or, you know, we didn't even get the, uh, the Cole Kublik treatment. You know, I think that was, uh, I don't even know what game they saved that for, but, um, yeah. So just, you know, sometimes you you don't get the eight game and it stinks. I'm sick of the seven thirty games. SEC network, make it at seven, just make it at seven. Really hoping the South Carolina games a nooner. Even the central time SEC teams, are they really going to care if a game's at six? Is that going to be, is that going to change no, ruin their lives? You're exactly right. It's not, they're going to enjoy it too because that means they're getting home at like 11 at, at that point, you know, opposed to us Eastern time zoners getting home at midnight or 11. So uh, make it seven. Jeez, Louise. They really just, fans just get used and abused. Eastern time zone fans just get used and abused like we, like there's no tomorrow. I'm saying I was thinking about it too because of Monday night football tonight. Or no, Sunday night football last night. And I was like, man, how great would it be if the big game of the night was just starting in your stadium near you at five thirty? Be I amazing. Mean, what a treat. Like you sit down for Sunday dinner, let's turn the game on, bada boom, bada bing. Why? Wake up and football's on. Gosh. By the way, why didn't they flex that game out last night? What a ho- that game should have been in the four thirty slot. You should have put Browns and Chiefs I in mean, the in the night. Justin, game. they they scheduled that purposefully. I don't know why. It's terrible. But they flexing you, you can't flex before. the opener like <laughs> you you flex them in like October. You know. Yeah. Like, well, you, December. You know. G- like give that. me a late flex call. <laughs> you want week one to just yeah. be like, we're switching it. We're switching yeah. it. We, we messed up. We goofed. So that's exactly what I want. Which that uh, was just so hilarious. Like they're using Justin Fields some, but not all the time. Like, I'm, God, the Bears. 
What a joke. Suck it, Chicago. Texter, hey, but everybody's tied in the NFC North. Everybody's tied. A the NFC says, East of 2021, many people are saying. Not many people. You literally just are the only one to say it, and you just said it right now. Nope. Many people are saying it. Two things I didn't think I'd ever say before kickoff Saturday night. Kroger Field's an intimidating place for an opponent. Kentucky won a game against a worthy SEC opponent, primarily on talent, not execution. Man, that is a fair. Great point, especially on point two. <laughs> I mean, wasn't the cleanest game, but they had more Jimmys and Joes than Mizzou did. And that's the I love it. I love it. Recruiting Man. is the lifeblood of any football program. So keep it coming, cats. Keep it coming, stoops. And uh I you know, Kroger Field, when it's like that, that's not fun for an opposing team. That's it's hard. That's hard yeah. for an opposing team. So Kudos to the fans. That was a great atmosphere. In in two, uh, Jacquez Jones after the game said, uh, "Yeah, you know, I, uh, I even though it isn't the biggest stadium, that atmosphere was awesome. You guys were amazing. So shout out, shout out to the BBN for showing up big Saturday night." Texture says this game was eerily similar to Ole Miss last year with the fumble on the goal line and inability to put them away, but we did pull out the w man good point in that that is a good point you know both both games you felt like you were much much better you know two or three scores better and, and some uh, special team blunders kind of changed the way things went in that game but one kentucky was able to do enough the other one uh just came up a bit short i'm ha- this one's a lot more fun than old miss this time last year where kentucky was 0 2 Yep, much, much more fun. Uh, Texture says, Mark Stoops, 51-50 and 50 at Kentucky, finally has an overall winning record. Pretty sure he had that last year, or before last year. Or I don't think he like, ever, I don't think he's ever had a winning record. It was, it was 500 then? I think, I, I don't yeah. even know if he actually got to 500. He, he got to 500, I believe, with the bowl win the year prior, with the Belk Bowl. Um, because then uh, there were storylines going into last year, like if Kentucky beats Auburn, they'll be over five hundred. I, I think it was either that was to put him over five hundred or right at five hundred. One of the two. Um, gotcha. I don't yeah. think he got over five hundred, but could be wrong about that. A texter says, and you know, he'll at least get a little cushion with the Chattanooga game getting to fifty-two and fifty, baby. Yeah. I'd like to shout out the AP top twenty-five. What a joke! UK received thirteen votes. Votes. Pull out your suck it and suck it. That's from Kentucky Croak. Which, by the way, he tweeted me and was like, Tyler Thompson's saying lubricate. I guess it's a KSR thing. No, it's a, everybody uses that phrase when talking about large crowds getting drunk, Kentucky yes. Krogh. I don't know no, how he, you... No, he just, he didn't, he didn't, he, you learned something new, Kentucky Krogh. People use the word lubricated to talk about people being drunk. Yes. All the FSU play in the Irish close means nothing, even if they played prevent D after the way that Toledo game went. Please explain why people parentally think that Notre Dame is going to be a title contender every year. The they sad don't. thing is, I actually thought they looked good against Florida State. Like, I actually was like, if you know, I never buy the Notre Dame hype, but they actually have a pretty solid team. They didn't play that well against Florida State. Never mind. I was wrong. Also, um, I, I disagreed. Nobody calls them a title contender, Texture. They're just a top 10 team. They're like that next tier up, which I think is accurate. I mean, when you go you undefeated with their schedule, then yes, you deserve to be in there. They're in that just next rung, you know? You can make a case of your top 10 team. You're technically a title contender. I don't. Not in college football. There's only like three teams that can actually win it. Three or four every year. Well, realistically, it's just pretty much Alabama this year. But I think if you were in the top team, if top 10, you would think we've got a chance to compete for a title. But like Texas A&M last year, they in theory were a title contender, but they weren't. <laughs> you yeah, know, like it's a, kind of splitting hairs, Trevor semantics. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do agree with you. Like Notre Dame's not winning the championship, but that doesn't mean but, they may not think that they are title contenders. 
okay yeah 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 there we go but uh and also like that was a great trap game hilarious that it went down to that and that was the peacock game that you couldn't just turn your channel to get to so i know yeah. some people were definitely frustrated they wanted to see notre dame pull that conspiracy theory they notre dame wanted that game to be close just to bring more people into peacock yeah i'm not 100 with you there terry 100 with you um Man, I had one other point I wanted to make, but it no Texas A&M. Man, that was hilarious. They almost blew it to Colorado. Backup quarterback was something like eighteen of thirty-eight or something. So, man, things uh, not looking great in College Station. Yeah, they'll be. They'll probably be all right. Wins a wins a win, buddy. Depends fact, how hurt that quarterback is. Roush, I love the look on JJ Weaver's face when you asked him if Kentucky's best football was ahead of him. Oh, it was like a <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, nope, our best game was Louisiana Monroe, and that's all we got. Next question. <laughs> Robert said, I did, and I don't regret leaving my family at the lake. They're all Louisville fans. Also, there's no internet or service. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A good call on that one. <laughs> good call. And uh, good I, call just hate, I just hate my family. I just had to get the hell out of there. Well, good call listening to KRC this morning. We appreciate it, as always. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., to start previewing Chattanooga no we're not probably going to do that but we'll have plenty to talk about because we always do and uh I'm sure we'll get plenty of text from the podcast listeners as well so we will see you all then 7 a.m on Tuesday this is KRC on Big Exports Radio TJ Walker Nick Rouse